0: just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com forward slash fm 24 You'll save a dollar on your next domain.
1: As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit hackerone.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, hackerone.com slash AI dash safety dash security.
0: Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support.
1: Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman.
2: And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talked with Jason Amunwa, Director of Product at Digital Telepathy, and he shared what he's working on with his new product, Filament. Matt, what'd you think?
1: I love what they're doing over it. Uh, digital telepathy, they've in the past worked on Hello Bar, Slide Deck, and some other products. And they're applying all their learnings to Filament, which is an analytics product for content marketers. And it's really interesting to learn about the challenges that they're facing and how they're making sure that users are successful as they open it up to the public.
2: Yeah, and, and like they've done with products in the past, they really solved their own problem first with it. And there's a lot of lessons there of what they've done to kind of dog food their own process before they bring other people in. Let's get into it.
0: RocketShip is proudly supported by
2: Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. Go to Bench.co forward slash RocketShip to get twenty percent off 20% off
0: your
1: first six months today. Today. <laughs> Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that, with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash Rocketship.
2: Jason, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks Good to uh, Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: So tell us a little bit about what you're working on at DT and uh, with Filament.
3: Um, so, w- yeah, we're working on, on Filament. It's uh, it's, it's um, a blog analytics tool, uh, or, or rather an analytics tool designed specifically for blogs. Um, and it kind of came about out of our own uh, frustration just using traditional web analytics tools to try and find uh, answers to what we thought were simple questions, but are actually kind of difficult to, uh, to get to uh, and pull out easy insights that we can act on.
1: Yeah, I know you can go into Google Analytics looking for answers and... Specific to blogging, I know it's really hard to find what you're looking for, especially when it bridges across different social platforms and multiple posts and trying to really get a good feeling of what's working in your content yeah. strategy.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's uh, we, you know, we do UX design and Google Analytics is like our, our bread and butter. Um, and we constantly kind of found ourselves uh, asking why. You know, it's like, why did we have a traffic spike? Why did that post get shared a lot and that other post didn't get shared? Um so we kind of just went on a bit of a, a bit of a vision quest to try and figure out uh how we could answer those questions quickly and, and de- definitively because uh they're pretty interesting questions. Like I would wanna know why a post got shared more than the rest of my posts. Um but we were finding that the tools just kind of present the data uh just very upfront with no uh, interpretation. So that's what we're trying to kind of fill the gap with with Filament is uh, help people get to the why behind what's what's changing on their site uh, quicker.
1: So how has it changed? You guys have been building it for, you know, going on a year now. Yeah,
3: about a year or so.
1: Since you've been able to use it in-house, how has it changed the way that you guys are tracking and and working on your content?
3: Um, I think mainly it's it's helped us with um, uh, focus, honestly, trying to figure out, okay, which pieces of content are doing really, really well uh, and why are they doing well? Um, things like where should we promote them? Who are the people that are uh, promoting that content and you know, trying to connect with them? Um, but also where there are posts that are underperforming and could use a little love. Maybe, um, maybe people are abandoning it halfway through, so you need to kind of optimize uh, the, the imagery in it or something like that. Um, so it's really been just kind of helping us find opportunities to grow with our own blog. Um and that's kind of where, where it all started is we we wanted to grow our blog. We knew that content marketing is kind of uh, ascendant right now. Um and we needed a tool that helped us do it quicker.
2: So you guys have been building this for a year, and I know you had some um private beta users in there before mm-hmm. you opened it up to the public. Yeah, Walk us right. through that process and what you were looking for with those beta users before you were ready to open it up.
3: Right, right. Um well it all kind of started with uh with um, spreadsheets. Honestly, like we had uh, we had an idea that um, you know when you're looking at the analytics for your blog, there's any number of metrics that you can look at to try and figure out like user engagement or visitor engagement. Um, you know, traffic is one is one of them, but a page view doesn't really tell you very much by itself. It's just a number, honestly. Um, but when you start looking at different metrics in, in combination, uh, you can start to find interesting insights. So things like um, the number of shares a page gets. Again, that's just a number by itself. If you combine that as a ratio with page views, you get like a share ratio, which which lets you compare uh, pieces of content to each other in terms of what their shareability is. Um, so we just started kind of messing around in spreadsheets uh, with a lot of this stuff to try and see what, what was useful to us. Um, it can be kind of like trying to drive a car with like 10 different uh, dials on the dashboard. Uh, and someone asks you, you know, how 's the trip going? You, you could point to any different one of those those dials, and the answer starts to become a bit muddy and blurry um, so we, we started experimenting with combining all of those metrics into just one score um, I mean, we call it an engagement score, but um, you know people can can create their own uh, combo scores based on what they think is important um, and what we found is that by tra- by tracking that single number over time we were able to start getting a, a much better sense for how the blog was doing overall, because if you baseline that score uh, and then you're able to see when there's a significant movement in it, it kind of tells you overall what's happening with your blog. And if, if the trend is up and to the right, uh, you know that you're doing something right. Um, so yeah, we, we had kind of all these different linked spreadsheets running together, just kind of running the math and, and we were updating them by hand every day. Uh, and once we started kind of seeing um, seeing this, this algorithm, this formula, uh, give us useful insights. We decided to start kind of building an automated system around it. Uh, and really, I mean, we started super small. We we kind of dog fooded it and started using that system on our own blog. Uh, and then we invited a handful of, of other folks that we thought might, might find it interesting, um, in to try, try out the, uh, the prototype. Uh, and that was, I think we built the prototype in about a month, uh, back in December last year. Um, and then we quickly ran into scaling issues <laughs> because the amount of data that we were capturing just overwhelmed our, our little prototype. Um, and that's when we realized, you know, this is, this, when we started kind of looking at it as a product and as a business, we're like, wow, this could be something that really fits in with our vision of like helping everybody make the web better. Um, because if you know how to make your blog better, that could impact all blogs uh, and, you know, better blogs for everybody would, would make a better experience for everybody on the web. Um, I'm talking a lot. Is that you guys still there?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> You're very good listeners. <laughs> um, so yeah, we started just kind of letting a small number of people, I think our first group of beta users was like 10 people. And, and we spent like a couple of weeks just going out and trying to recruit those people by hand, just explaining the vision, honestly. Um, and explaining that, you know, it's, it's a prototype right now, but here's where we, we see it going. Uh, and we just gradually built it built up our, our beta group from there. We had, um, we had an existing audience based on other products that we've done in the past. Uh, and we just started kind of cherry picking the, the folks that we felt, you know, kind of got the vision uh, and could help help us guide uh, the product towards it with their feedback. Um, and so that kind of capped out. We've had about maybe a couple hundred beta users before we, we uh, uh decided to uh, build kind of like a, a beta V2 that could handle the load. Because again, we started hitting scaling issues. <laughs> I think our first scaling issue was just my sanity because I couldn't update spreadsheets fast enough to keep up with all of the the data that we were collecting. Um, and then our second scaling kind of wall was uh, with our first prototype when we were just kind of collecting so much data, it was just overloading our, uh, our database. So um, yeah. uh,
2: just to go back to something you said with, you know, you were handpicking people that you thought aligned with your vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you do when you saw people use either using it in a different way than you intended or not connecting with it in the way that you had hoped?
3: Always ask them why. Um, Anytime, you know, it's different. And even, even when things were going in line with our expectations, you you ask why it's just, it's having that curiosity and a, a desire to know. Um, so, anytime we saw somebody using it a lot, I mean, we we, we strung up our prototype with uh, with analytics like you know, panel and, and intercom to try and kind of track how people were using it. Um, and yeah, and we just asked the question why a lot, like why are you why are you visiting this so much, or why haven't you been visiting it? Is there something that's missing? Was it was it difficult to set up? Like, um, just trying to get to the why um, in any scenario, honestly, is what really helped us because the more we understand about the way people are reacting to it, the more informed we are with the decisions we're making.
2: Can you think of an example of, uh, one of your beta users that you had to reach out to, to ask why and how that changed the product?
3: Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, there was one user that we, uh, that we connected with, um, who began using it quite a lot, uh, and I mean, when, when we talked with him, uh, he was saying, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm using it tons. It's great. Uh, but when we looked at his user engagement stats, we saw that, you know, there was one login, uh, over, you know, a significant, significant period of time, I think of, of, over like a month. So that we had this like real disconnect and we were like, okay, he says that he loves it and, and uses it all the time. Uh, But then, you know, we see his stats and like, yeah, he's, he's visiting a lot of screens, but we don't see him logging in more than like once a month or so. So just pinged him a note and uh, it turns out that he loved it so much that he actually bookmarks the tab and just has the tab has filament open in a tab all the time. And he's constantly logged in. So, you know, we had, we had set out an expectation that we, we would classify people who logged in like three times or more in the last two weeks as like engaged users, but his behavior in using the product was completely different, but he was still a really engaged user. And so had we not talked to him, we would have never found that out, or we would have thought he was just kind of pulling our leg. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a pretty interesting uh, finding.
1: So when you're you know trying to find product, product market fit, mm-hmm. how long did that take you guys after you put out the first beta to those first few customers? And have you found it yet?
3: Um, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> well, I'll tell you when we find it, <laughs> we're, we're kind of iterating towards it. And we're tr- trying to be as methodical as possible in, in moving towards it. Um, in terms of how long, I mean, how long is a piece of string, right? It's, it can take, uh, it takes as long as it takes. And it's, it's funny. We talk about PMF, like it's this solid milestone, um, but it's quite a nebulous, uh, thing. Uh, you kind of, there, there are a bunch of different definitions for it, um, but, uh, I don't know, my, my personal feeling on PMF is it's, it's kind of like porn. You, you, you know it when you see it, but it's very difficult to then concretely define it. Um, so we're still chasing after it, but we, we're trying to be as methodical as possible. We just kind of set up um, a trial funnel, a free trial funnel. And we're running that right now. Uh, and really just kind of push people in at the top and watch what they do as they go through the, the process. Um, and then iterate from there. Just make sure that we're measuring that, that contained experience of like a 14 day free trial um, and seeing how people react to it. And just asking that, that question, why, like why are people tending to upgrade uh, right at the beginning of the trial or right at the end, but not in the middle? Um, Why are some sources of traffic delivering users that are highly engaged and others are not? It's just, it's constantly just kind of seeing those opportunities and and following it to, to understand why.
1: Is it difficult when you have a product, I'm assuming there's some kind of tracking script or code that people have to install. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it difficult when you have that as a starting point? Do you find that a lot of customers never get past that point?
3: Yes, Uh, yeah. And we've done done a lot of work on our our kind of activation flow, but I think this is a problem of of web software in general. Um, Anytime it has something to do with your own site, you pretty much have to, drop a piece of code, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a necessary step for a large number of products um, on the web. Um, that's actually something that we, we tried to tackle with Filament in a previous iteration was uh, we made it a, a drag-and-drop process so you could install apps on your site with drag-and-drop after you kind of connect it to the platform. Um, and w- we've done pretty well with, with that activation flow, but uh, um, with analytics, it's been a, a, a challenge definitely uh, because we we integrate with Google Analytics, so we you know allow you to kind of connect to your Google Analytics account, and then we pull your data from there, and then combine it with like visitor engagement data, and try and present it to you in, in a way that is more digestible. Um, because GA is, is a huge repository of information, um, and it, there's there's useful nuggets in there, but oftentimes it just gets lost because you don't know where it, where to find it. Um, so yeah, uh, you know. The code snippet issue is, is something I think that's just kind of inherent to building stuff on the web. It's always been a difficult problem. Um, so that's kind of where, uh, where our, UX, our UX experience has come in real handy because we know the pain of trying to get these, these code snippets on your site and what to expect or you know, the questions that you have when you're, you've kind of set up a new analytics tool. Um, there are a lot of questions <laughs> to yeah. address.
1: You made a great comparison earlier to a, uh, the dashboard of a car. And you could be driving the car and see that it's going 80 miles an hour, which is great. But if you don't pay attention to the fact that the engine's overheating, you're in trouble.
3: Exactly. Yeah. There's so many different metrics to, to watch. And it becomes tricky to, to answer a simple question like, you know, your boss will walk in the front door in the morning and say, so how's the website doing? And you're like, uh, traffic's <laughs> up and shares are down and the bounce rates level. And uh, I don't know how to answer that question. So yeah. we're trying to uh, try to make that simpler.
1: <laughs> so how do you, when you're building an analytics product, how do you... Uh, take people who maybe that was their background of having such a treasure trove of data and not really knowing what to focus on. How do you present them with all this new data and make sure that they're using it in the right way in a way where they're actually going to change the way that they're writing content to benefit from it?
3: Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And that's one that we're still trying to answer. (laughs) Um, but, but mainly, uh, I think there, there are two, two approaches that we took in, in designing filament. One was, um, uh, we like, we, 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 like to solve our own problems. Um, and we've done it with our, our previous products. Uh, you know, we, we worked on slide deck, we worked on hello bar. Um, both of those were products that kind of grew out of our own need. Like we needed to be able to create a content sliders quickly and we needed to be able to quickly redirect traffic to a specific page. And so those products were kind of focused on solving those problems. And we found out that those problems are actually valuable to other people as well, or, or solutions to those problems. Um, when it comes to, when it came to analytics, you know, we, we leaned heavily on our own experience. So we looked back at basically Chuck sat me down and was just like, what questions do I ask you that make you roll your eyes and give you a headache? <laughs> and so we started there, honestly, it's things like, why was there a traffic spike on that day? And how is traffic from a particular source doing today? Um, which posts get shared the most and which ones are the most shareable? Uh, so questions like that that typically each take you know a couple hours and, and multiple logins to multiple analytics tools. Um, we looked at those questions and tried to figure out okay where would I go? What's what would my playbook tell me to do from my own experience and uh, to answer that question? And then let's see how we can pull that information together into one place. Um, and I think the second uh, thing or philosophy and approach that we, we used was data by itself is is useless. You know, it's just, it's kind of like stating a fact. Um, you had 3000 page views yesterday. That's good to know, but unless I have a bunch of context and background knowledge about whether or not 3000 page views is high or low or normal for my site, the data by itself isn't useful. So we try to always present the data, even though it's the same data as in Google analytics, we try to present it in context. So not just you, have 3, you had 3000 page views yesterday. It's, you had 3,000 page views yesterday, which is 28% higher than the previous uh, period, um, and the majority of that traffic came from Twitter, and it was driven by a tweet from this person. So we try to kind of connect those dots together within the interface so that you don't have to do all of the, the mental grunt work of figuring that out yourself, because that's what really takes the time. Um, we, call, we kind of call it TTI. It's time to insight. When We're trying to kind of close that gap so that ultimately, you know, whenever we get to our perfect vision of the product, it'll be, you know, you look at analytics for 30 seconds and you understand exactly what's going on and it helps structure your day as to what you're going to focus
0: on.
1: And I think the, the back and forth that you described with Chuck is something where that, that's usually the perfect place to find a product idea is mm-hmm. in the moments when you're so conditioned to just say, we can't do that or we right. can't, we can't find right. that information. Yeah. Um, those are the things where you need to remind yourself to stop and, and try to see if there really is a way to do it. And right, um, with some of this stuff, there just wasn't a way before. I know right, with exactly. Twitter analytics tell you one thing and it's not very valuable, and buffer analytics tell you another. Google tells you something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, it's such a, a tangled web.
3: Right, exactly. And that's that's precisely why the, the question why is always so fraught with, with uncertainty when it comes to web analytics. Because can you say for certain that someone bought because this other person tweeted and then they clicked a link? It's very difficult to, to definitively link those events together. Um, and I, I don't think that we're there just yet. I mean, this is our, our first take. Uh, but like I said, it's that time to insights problem. Like we're trying to kind of close the gap. And if we keep hammering on it, we can close it completely and, and provide that kind of visibility. Because um, right now it's it's very haphazard. You know, even experienced um, content marketers will have multiple tools set up and open in, in their screen at the same time, and they're they're kind of picking numbers from both and then putting them together to try and find insights and then report them to their team. Um, it's kind of like. I don't know. I was, I was thinking about it the other day. It feels like we're, it's 2015 and we're still panning for gold. You know, we like, we're kneeling beside the dirty stream and just kind of like shaking the dirt out to find those nuggets of gold. <laughs> yeah. and it just seems like it's not the right way, especially for, you know, for things that are, are as valuable as your website um, that has a direct impact on your bottom line. So why not make it easier?
1: Yeah. And it, for who's listening, if you want to see a deep dive on the other side of this, on the spreadsheet side of it, we talked with manual from code ship a while back and he shared his spreadsheet and it's very, a very complex process. And there's, there's insights that you can pull out of that, but it's very hard to measure. Mm. So what working towards fit, something that you guys don't feel like you've fully hit yet, what are you going to do in the coming months to help you get it?
3: Um, well, it's funny, actually. I mean, we were trying to figure it out, uh, and then we realized, you know, the people who the, – the, the source of, of knowing that we, we've got fit would be our users. So we ended up um, publicizing our, our product roadmap and encouraging people to vote on, on the features that we're proposing. Um, and that gives us a signal. It's not like we're 100% tied to that, to that roadmap, but it's really interesting to see what people gravitate to and what gets people really pumped um, and what features uh, people are kind of like, eh. You know, that's nice to have, but I'm not really interested. Um, so it's really just asking, asking users because ultimately they're one half of that equation, right? Like they're the, they're the market side of it. You've got the product side of it. So why not ask the other side what they're, what they're looking for? I mean, that sounds like super basic um, advice, but uh, it's helped us a lot, honestly. Like, we, you know, we have an entire um, section where our, our roadmap is, is publicized and people can vote on it. And we are just been seeing the votes come in and we're, we're watching it with great interest.
1: How do you share that with them?
3: Um, we do it actually in the app because we want people to be thinking about what it could be while they're actually in it and using it. Um, so we, there's like a little slide out from the left-hand side where you can see a listing of, uh, of all the features that we're kind of um, considering. Uh, and then it links out to just like a, a voting page. I think we, we, we do our support with uh, uservoice.com. Um, and it's been a super helpful tool for us to just manage that kind of stuff.
2: When we were talking earlier, you mentioned that one of the big things on your list next is working on the onboarding flow.
3: Mm, Yeah.
2: Do you find that it's more onboarding and how to use the application or more education on what to do with the analytics?
3: Um, I think that depends on the user's background. So, um, I guess kind of taking the 30,000 foot view, we looked at web analytics in general just the, the market the market for it and the tools that are available and we found that what well, we felt that the the analytics market is very um, polarized because on one hand you've got Google Analytics, which is freely and tracks you know virtually everything under the Sun so everybody has it on their site but they're not able to use it as effectively as, as maybe they could uh, if they had a lot of a kind of analytics experience. And then on the on the other end of the scale, you've got um, super premium, quite expensive uh, enterprise level solutions. So you've got like Chartbeat or um, Adobe. I think swallowed up Omniture a while ago. So these tools start at like five or six hundred bucks a month. uh, You know, going up to like three or four thousand for things like uh, you know. I think that Parsley is another one. Uh, So we saw this kind of like big gap in the middle. It's kind of like. There's, there's gold to be had in analyzing uh, or in interpreting the analytics that would really help a growing blog, but they're either stuck struggling to find insights with the free free tool, Google Analytics, or they have to pony up some serious monthly cash to, to get something a bit uh, a bit more custom designed and, and tailored to their, to their needs. So we saw that, that gap as kind of an opportunity to step in and try and help people, who are not ready to pay (laughs) that much money, uh, but desperately want more insight and and want to be able to um, find opportunities to grow without having to hire a full-time analyst. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of the the context within which we we approached it. In terms of whether onboarding helps uh, or how onboarding helps uh, versus just understanding how to use the product, I mean, it's a question of marketing versus onboarding, honestly. I mean, uh, the marketing, you position the product and, and tell people, uh Is this right for you um, and then the onboarding is okay you've decided it's right for you here 's how you use it and here, we we're trying to kind of use the onboarding as a way to uh almost like lead people by the nose directly to the most valuable pieces of of the product right off the bat um, Analytics is very very individualized i mean everything everybody pays attention to different metrics is kind of their one their their key indicator of success um, so it's it can be a bit of a moving goal or moving target to hit Um, so what we're trying to do is is show people this is where you can get a lot of value out of filament right off the bat and then we kind of uh, evolve it over time we have a 14 day trial so over time it starts to reveal more and more um, points of interest inside the product and we kind of just try and present it to the user in in as friendly a way as possible uh, and show them hey you know we've tracked this on your site This, this could be interesting to you
2: Interesting. So you've opened up the product to the public about a month or or six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Even though you've been working on it for a year, it's kind of like a new start when that happens.
3: Oh, God, yeah. It's like all of your assumptions that you've held over the past (laughs) year, they they come into question.
2: (laughs) Totally. Uh, So what are you most excited about in the coming months?
3: Um, I think really uh, starting to, to... reach back out to people who have been getting a lot of value out of it and finding out how they did it and then communicating that to, to other people. Um, you know, I think uh, with analytics, it takes a while for it to start paying off. I mean, like, I, I, you know, we can all remember when we first hooked up Google Analytics and then you, you excitedly check it the next day and you see that single blue dot in the, in the chart and you're like, yay, the, date's, the data's coming through. And then you kind of sit back and you're like, well, what do I do with this? Um, it's only once you start, start getting, you know, a week's worth of data or, or a month's worth of data that you can start to see trends and patterns come through. Um, so I think starting to hear some of the success stories that other people are getting uh, would be really validating for me. Um, you know, we've we've seen some success with using the system ourselves and that's why we kind of built a product around it to try and help other people find the same path. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think the other thing I'm really, really interested in doing is I can't wait to just hire on a data scientist, honestly, because we're collecting a lot of data and I want them to, to mine through it and find super useful things that we can communicate to, to the users because that's, that's when you start having an impact on everybody because we're finding best practices based on, uh, on the trends and patterns that we're seeing. Very cool. Yeah.
2: So, uh, Jason, tell everyone where they can keep up with you and with Filament online.
3: Sure. Um, you can find Filament at uh, filament.io. Um, and they can keep up with me, uh, best place is probably, uh, Twitter. Honestly, my, my handle is King underscore Jaffy, J-A-F-F-Y.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. All right. Thanks guys. It's been good. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, Rocketship.fm.
0: And if you'd like a transcription of this show, we have now partnered with Jot Engine, who does some fantastic transcriptions. So you can go to Rocketship.fm and check out this episode's show page, and there'll be a link for the transcription. And if you'd like to get a transcription yourself, go to JotEngine.com and sign up. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.